0: It's Robin Marshall. I was in the car listening to the news and I heard a forecaster start to talk about, got to get ready for hurricane season. And I immediately was taken back to a time and place in my past. I had actually recorded something about this particular episode that I wanted to share with you today. Also, I wanted to remind you, anytime that you'd like to get in touch with me, find me at sugarmom.net. Robin Marshall Sugarmom at gmail.com or right here on iTunes. Feel free. Send me a little note. Tell me you want to talk. That's what I'm here for. Anyway, take a listen. I was just sitting here remembering why, I don't know, but hurricanes <laughs> that have happened in my lifetime. One episode in particular, I lived through and wanted to share it with you. This was Hurricane Fran, and it was back in 94. At the time, I had four children. I left from New York, did a stopover in Atlanta, picked up the next flight and wound up at Wilmington Airport, which was about a 45-minute drive to our condo that we owned at the time, right on Topsail Island. This is exactly where the hurricane is heading right now, aside from Florida. So Topsail Island has a reputation because it is the easternmost point of of the United States. And if ever there's a place that's going to get hit, it's top sale. Back then in 94, the place was not built up at all. There was nothing for miles, maybe a restaurant if we were lucky. So we owned this beautiful two-bedroom condo right on the beach that we could take our kids and just chill out and forget about New York for a week or two. This particular trip I wound up with the four kids by myself. My husband was going to join us in a few days. Can I tell you how hot it was? It was in August. The sweat was just pouring off of me as I was running with four kids under the age of five. Picture a woman whose hair is flying behind her and stuck to her face, holding one child Across her chest, one piggybacking holding the other one's hand and holding onto the other child's hand for dear life. It was not a pretty picture. We went grocery shopping before heading to the condo, which is always a treat because my kids were infatuated with the coupon machines. (laughs) Anytime they'd see, they would race to pull the coupons out and half of them would wind up on the floor and the rest would wind up in the cart. And I kept saying, guys, That's not a toy. Those are pieces of paper that discount food for other people that need it. They would look at me with that head tilt, and then they'd run and find the next coupon machine. So after being exhausted from eight hours of travel, grocery shopping with four young children, one of which was only three months old, I had to be out of my mind to make this trip on my own. But... I know myself, and a challenge is always worth taking. And knowing the end, I mean, that condo to me was like the end of the rainbow. It was my little pot of gold. We left the grocery store. I had hired the same cleaning lady I'd used for years since owning this condo to get the place ready for us before we arrived. We arrived at the condo to find out the elevator was broken, which didn't stop my children from continuing to push the button It's amazing the things I'm remembering as I tell this story. So there were ramps that you had to walk up to get to each condo if the elevator wasn't working and we happened to be on the third floor. That was a lot of grocery bags and children up three ramps. Oh, finally, I opened the door and there's my cleaning lady. Her name was Judy and she helped me bring all the bags in And she took my kids. Every time she saw me, I had a new kid. (laughs) Every year I had a new kid. I mean, think about it. I had five children in nine years. (laughs) So she was very grateful to be a part of that, as most women love to coddle newborns. And the others would pull on her skirt and say, Hi, Judy. Hi, Judy. (laughs) I sat on that couch and I looked out the balcony view and I... Just, oh, there are no words to describe. What I had just gone through to get there was worth it. And my kids ran out onto the balcony and I was scared to death because I hadn't had time yet to put the fish netting up around the railings. So I'm screaming, get out of the, like language that only children can understand. <laughs> and I pulled out the netting and the first thing I did before even putting the groceries away was, put that netting up around the balcony. And Judy helped me put all the groceries away. And then we both sat down and just started to catch up on life. It had been a year. The next thing, the phone rang. I didn't even know I had a phone. I couldn't remember that there was a phone in the unit. So the ring sort of surprised me. I answered the phone. And it was the management company of the real estate property. And the words that came out of their mouth to me were those kind of words that root you in place and make you think you are imagining that you're even holding a phone in the first place. The words were, is this Robin? And I said, yes. They said, you're the owner of 1314? I said, yes. And I'm thinking, holy cow, I must have hit somebody's car or the parking lot or something like that. And then I look outside and I see that it's getting dark and it's only two o'clock. It just happened. And the woman's voice said, you must evacuate now. I said, what? I looked back outside again and it's all coming together in my head. How was it that we had no forecast of some kind of storm coming our way? If I had had that information, do you think I would have put myself and my children through this aggravation to get here? No, they are too young. And while I work well in emergencies, that's a hell of an emergency that I would not want to take part in. I looked over at Judy and I said to her, Did you know there was a storm coming? And in her Spanish accent, she said, What kind of storm? I don't know of any storm. So I said to the evacuating voice, Are you sure this isn't just a storm that's passing over You know, something that'll just blow right by and we'll be okay. Wishing to hear her agree with me on the other end. And that tinny voice said, No, ma'am, we have a hurricane that is less than an hour out. There was silence on my end as I calculated what I just had gone through and how much could I possibly get done in an hour. I said to her, Well, where are we supposed to go? There's a shelter on blah, blah, blah street that is a school that we're sending people from this end of the island to. And I said, well, let me write this down. And my cleaning lady jumped up and said, no, no, you're not going to any shelter. Not when you have me. (laughs) I thought to myself, this woman is a saint. I don't even know if I could possibly have offered something like that to somebody that I see once a year that's got four kids with her under the age of five. I hung up the phone. I looked at her and I said, we have one hour. Are you sure you want to set yourself up for this? And she said, absolutely. Well, we had to repack all the suitcases. We had to take whatever essentials we needed until the storm blew over. Oh, the milk, the juice, the baby food, whatever I needed just to get through the night. We went down three long ramps with all that stuff and all those kids that were crying, saying, Mommy, we want to go to the beach. Mommy, why can't we dig in the sand? Mommy, we want to look for seashells. And I'm thinking to myself, so do I but how do you explain to somebody that's five years old that there's a really bad storm about to happen? I said to them, remember the Wizard of Oz? And the three that walk just looked at me, stood in place and looked at me with eyes as big as saucers. The eldest said, you mean the Wicked Witch is coming? I said, no, no, no. Remember the storm that came that lifted Dorothy's house up? And after I said the words, I realized I had made a huge mistake because two of them started to cry. <laughs> and the one in my arms just looked at me with those big infant eyes. And the other one who was too young to really know the Wizard of Oz was watching the other two cry. So she started to cry. I said, guys, all I want you to understand is that we're going to Judy's house because her house is like the Three Little Pigs' house. It's made of bricks, and no wind in the world can pick up Judy's house. So let's go, okay? That's the rationale I used with my children. We got them all in the van that I had rented. We followed Judy to her house, and as we followed, the rain began. I mean, coming down so hard that I could hardly keep track of her van in front of me. We finally got to her house. We unloaded all the kids, ran inside, and I realized I forgot the diapers. I had put them in a closet. I had three children that were wearing diapers, and I didn't have one. That is a nightmare in itself. I said to her, where is the closest store? I've got to go get diapers. She explained to me where to make a right, where to make a left, I got in my car, and can I tell you, I cried the whole way there. I could hardly see out my windshield. I couldn't tell where the rights or the lefts were. The lights were out. All I had were my headlights and just slithers of light that I could see through the rain. I never thought I'd make it back to her house but I did find the store and God bless the fact that they were stocked up with diapers. I bought three packs and ran, got back in the car and found my way. It was almost like using Braille. Well, the storm hit hard. Category four hurricane called herself Fran. It certainly made me realize we mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. As I stood outside on Judy's Davenport, and the kids were watching through the windows, which we had to open because the winds were so strong that the glass would have shattered. Not even 30 feet away from me, I saw a weeping willow tree, big around the middle, lifted up out of the ground and thrown three houses down. It took my breath away. You realize that we are minuscule on this earth Yes, we think we have brains, we can make things happen, but Mother Nature has got us in every way, shape, or form. She is a million steps ahead of us with strength. I looked to my left, and the water kept rising and rising on the front lawn, to the point where it was at least three feet at one point. And while standing on the Davenport, looking to my left, I saw a a street lamp. Those tall metal street lamps that we take for granted every day of our lives to shed light on a street we're driving on. I saw the street lamp twisted into a pretzel. That's how ferociously strong the winds were. I know some of you are thinking, well, what the hell were you doing on the Davenport? I was sort of in this area that wasn't affected by the wind. I don't know what causes something like that. It was almost like a vacuum area where no rain was hitting. And I don't know why I didn't get wet. I didn't feel strong breezes, but I was able to see these monstrous visions, these things that were happening around me that I knew in my lifetime. I would tell this story several times and people would look at me and think, oh, right like she's not exaggerating. But I'm telling you the truth. I saw it with my own two eyes. The eye of the storm hit and there was a beautiful rainbow. The birds came out. The water was up to my waist and my children wanted to go outside and swim in the front yard. I looked at Judy. She said, let them go. So I let the three older kids go out with holding on to me, she stayed with the baby, and they had such a good time. One of them said, Mommy, this is better than the beach. <laughs> and uh, I let them swim for a little while, and I brought them back in because I knew the other half of the storm was coming, and we got them all dried off, and diapers changed, and we were ready. There was no electricity. There was no running water. Obviously, no lights, No refrigerator, everything that's attached to electricity, we had lost. Thank God I was nursing the baby and the next youngest one. So I had two covered as far as food was concerned. And then the other half of the storm hit just as powerful, just as strong, just as scary as the first half. I've lived through tornadoes, but I have never lived through a true eye of the storm where it's Complete peace in the middle and vicious on both sides. Finally, the storm passed. All we had was a radio that worked on batteries. The kids were cranky, a little bit tired. I spread them out all over her living room on couches and chairs. And all we would hear was the crackling of the radio. We lit candles and bullfrogs. Bullfrogs were everywhere. They came in the house. They stayed outside. My son was fascinated, running to try and catch all the bullfrogs that were surrounding him. It was like a fairy tale come true for him. We made it through the night. The next day came and went. The water levels started to drop. She yelled out to one of her neighbors to ask if they were okay. And the neighbor told her, "'Just had a crocodile on my front porch!' And I looked at Judy, and I thought to myself, holy shit, I let my kids swim in that water. There could have been crocodiles, alligators, snakes. These are my biggest fears, and we swam with them. <sighs> you know, sometimes we think we're great parents, and then we have moments like those when we want to kick ourselves in the ass and say, what could you have been thinking, woman. It took three and a half days of living with no electricity, no power at all from anything, a dead battery radio, minimal food, anything we could live on that was in a can that we could use a hand can opener with. And finally, the lights came back on. My phone began working. I called the airport to see if they were offering flights at all, and called the management company of my condo and found out that the hurricane had cut the island in half. So there was no more bridge. It had been wiped out. We couldn't get back to the condo even if we wanted to. And they said it would probably take years before they could rebuild that bridge. We spoke with somebody that had been on a helicopter that did land on the other end of the island, and they were giving reports as to what happened to each unit. And my unit, we had just installed a brand new central air conditioning unit, which was gone. Tons of damage to my unit, to the point that we considered it a loss. And insurance doesn't cover things like acts of God. So I packed the kids into the minivan, that was safe under the Davenport. We thanked, hugged, kissed, said we'd stay in touch, gave her an extra big hug because I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. To me, she was like a little saint. She was my mitzvah. <laughs> we also found out that the shelter that we were supposed to have stayed in was destroyed. So, that hug to her was on behalf of all all of my children and myself. Wow. What an experience. So those of you that might be encountering Hurricane Matthew right now, just remember, don't let your kids swim in the eye of the storm. Watch for the things I said I saw. Keep me honest. Come back and tell me what you've seen. Open all the windows Stock up on candles, batteries, canned foods, because it's very possible you'll be without electricity for a long time. Sandbags, you can't use enough sandbags if you're on the shore. It's a very frightening position for you and your family to be in. If you have the opportunity to leave, go. Don't be a thrill seeker. Don't think something can't happen to you. It can. It happened to me. We just got lucky. We had Judy and her husband. Who do you have? It's funny. My kids don't remember that much of what happened. But the one thing my son remembers the most were the bullfrogs. (laughs) That was his little light at the end of the tunnel. All of that happened on Topsail Island, and Topsail Island is in the path of Hurricane Matthew again. They rebuilt the bridge, fixed up the condos, only to possibly lose them all again. But it is that little piece of paradise, and I understand why people continue to go back. I do I really do. Everybody needs that place, the place where they can escape and not need to worry about getting dressed up, being noticed. It's just a family place or a couple's place where you can go, take a lawn chair, sit on the sand, go pick out shells, think about nothing other than the moment. I highly suggest you find a place like that especially with all the tumult that's going on in today's world. If you can. And if you love the beach, that should be your place to go. Some place on the water. But I wouldn't recommend Topsail Island. It sticks too far out there to the right, as much as I love it. Still, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Hurricane Fran. And how she won the battle, but she didn't win the war. I'm still here, and my kids are fine. And why in the world this would lead me to my next story, even I can't tell you. I want to talk to you about a man that I was seeing just recently and his wallet. Go figure. It's Robin Marshall, also known as Sugar Mom. Hang with me. It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. This is just a little oddity that I noticed over the weekend. So bear with me for a second. The man that I have been seeing has been carrying this wallet that closes with Velcro. Can you imagine? Every time he reaches into his back pocket, pulls out this black thing that looks like it's been around since 1960, and when he opens it, you hear the sound of Velcro ripping. But he's perfectly content, and I have bought him three wallets in the last year just trying to replace this piece of garbage that that works for him. So I guess there are people in the world that just resist change to the umpth degree. I've pointed out the benefits of a leather wallet and how You just look a little bit classier and how it easily can fit in your back pocket, just like your Velcro piece of shit that you're using. (laughs) But nope, nope, nope. You know, he'll look and try and be interested and be polite and pick it up and turn it around and feel it and all that other stuff that you're supposed to do. And I know that it's all for show. And then he'll put it back in the display case. And he'll say to me, you know, it's really nice and Maybe next time. And I will just be sitting there shaking my head because I know there'll never be a next time. Well, don't you know, he shows up on Saturday and he says to me, I have something to show you and I need your opinion. I'd like to know what you think. And I'm picturing him coming out in a pair of pants or a shirt, doing like a modeling turn, ready to be nauseous over this because I don't like when men do that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just, it, I don't like it. And here he comes walking out in the same clothes, same stride. And he's got something in his hand. And he comes over to me he says, take a look at this. And by God, it's a wallet, like a real wallet. He says, Robin, they call it the big skinny. I said, they what? <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, I don't care what they call it. He had to find it in order to accept it. So what is so different about this one versus all the wallets I've shown him and pulled my hair out over? Well, he explains to me that you open this wallet and he says, if you'll look inside, you'll notice there are four compartments and then there's one big compartment. And when you fold it in half, you'll notice that it's a bigger wallet. So when you slide it in your back pocket, When you sit down, it bends to conform to your backside. There's a crease. And I'm thinking that he means that it folds in half and then you have to fold it again. And I'm saying that is impossible. You have too much garbage in that wallet. Do you really need all that shit in your wallet? And he says, well, probably no, but I've had it with me forever. And I know, I know, not one thing. There's probably a picture of his grandmother one of his first dogs from when he was six, and every receipt in the world is now in that wallet. So how is it going to fold into four? And that's the argument I'm trying to make with him when I should have been encouraging him saying, my goodness gracious, I'm proud of you. You finally changed and bought a wallet. So he got through to me eventually and explained it only folds in half, but when you sit down, it folds so that it sort of molds to your backside. I said to him, let me just ask you a question. Why do men carry their wallets in their back pocket? I mean, it shows up like a bump. It takes away from the shape of your body. And why can't you just carry a wallet in your front pocket of your shirt? Well, if you could have seen the look he gave me, (laughs) it was just... Oh, I wish I had lenses in my eyes (laughs) because he was looking at the big skinny and he slowly lets his eyes look up at me with no smile on his face at all. And he goes, no, that's just not right. (laughs) It makes perfect sense to me. Well, why isn't it right? Because your father and his father and our forefathers always carried a wallet in their back pocket, it makes no sense. Why can't you just try it? And he gave me the look again. Like I know this time, it's time for me to shut up and just accept the fact that he bought something new and it's change. Like I always say, if you can just change one thing a day, you're a better person for it. And God damn it, he changed. This is a wallet that he's been carrying for 25 years made of nylon and Velcro with a rubber band wrapped around it. Like he might as well be 85 years old with that Velcro thing. That stick to my Lou, my darling wallet. Now he's got the big skinny. He sat there for a half hour and organized it and I watched him and I prayed to God that it would fit in his back pocket. And it did. And then we went out, went to a store, and he went to pay for something, and he couldn't find a damn thing. (laughs) It's like us when we reorganize our purse. There's nothing worse in the world than trying to find something after you think you've improved upon your chaos in a bag. But I told him, I'm proud of you. And he walked around like a peacock with his chest out and his feathers up in the back. It was really just the long, big skinny, but that's okay. It worked. I'm happy. He's happy. He'll figure it out. I wonder if your boyfriend or husband is stuck in that same rut. Do they refuse to change things? Are they pack rats? Do they have the same belt and the same shoes that they've had for years now? That they won't even go get shined? What is wrong with these men? Our closets are filled to the brim with shoes and dresses. Even if we don't need them, we need the change. That's what men are lacking. They don't need the change like we do. They're perfectly happy being that one person that they've been since 16. Well, this man knows if he's with me, there are many changes a-comin'. Because if he can't keep me interested with changing certain things, I get bored. I do. I want to see him in a new shirt every once in a while. I want to see new shoes. A haircut is great. Little things keep our attention. And it's almost like if they make themselves look better, they're doing it more for them than they are for us. Believe me when I say it's all about them. They think it's about us, but we know better. So, encourage your husband to go out and get something new. It'll make you feel better, knowing that he feels better secretly. We can't let them know that we know. Good? Great. It's Robin. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Most often, I have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth until I sit in front of the mic. And this was one of them. See you later. A Westwood One podcast production.